Welcome to the long game with LZ and Leach from the Recounted ACAST, where we usually talk about the biggest sports stories of the week and how they impact culture, sports, and politics. However, today we're doing something a little bit different. I'm still LZ Granderson, though, and he's still Will Leach. He still is indeed. That's right, LZ. This is our special 2021 year in review episode. I wanted to do this in February, but producers recommended December was probably the right time. We'll be discussing the ways sports have been reshaped by the most important news events of the last 12 months and where we see things heading in 2022. Oh, you think there's going to be a 2022? <laughs> I, you know what? I, you got to believe. I know it looks dark out there, but I, I believe that we're going to make it at least a couple months in. We'll be starting off with everyone's favorite subject, Will, the pandemic. Even though the different leagues and conferences are doing everything possible to move on from it, there's no doubt that COVID has still transformed sports. We'll identify the changes that may be permanent now, what we like and don't like about them, and what's gone for good that we're going to miss. And I swear to God, if we, at the last episode, looking back at 2022, we're talking about how COVID affected sports, I quit. I'm out. I'm out of the game. I can't do it anymore. Again, you still think there's going to be a 2022. Uh, we got to make it to at least February, for crying out loud. And we'll also dig into the major non-pandemic stories from 2021 that will still matter in 2022 and how the sports world will likely respond to them. It may be hard to believe, LZ, but there was, in fact, more going on than just COVID. Like Aaron Rodgers. Oh, wait, that's also COVID. Oh. <laughs> and then we'll take a look at the sports events we're most excited about in the new year and maybe offer a few bold predictions as well. And for every prediction that's wrong, we will go back in time and erase it from this particular podcast so no one can call us out for being wrong. But before we get started, LZ, I do want to know one thing from you. How will you remember 2021? So you think I want to remember this year, huh? That's interesting. I didn't say you want to. I just say, what <laughs> will you remember? Believe it or not, there are a lot of positive things that happened this year, Will. Yeah. I know it's kind of hard to believe because, you know, January 6th terrorist attack, mm. COVID, the Dodgers didn't win the World Series. But there were a lot of really incredible moments in 2021 that I look back fondly on. Starting with Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl. I'll be honest with you. I was one of those dudes that thought it was Bill Belichick. I thought <laughs> that he was a product of the system. I get it. I thought that he couldn't do it without the infrastructure of this organization around him. And I, I was largely informed by the fact that when he was a senior in college at Michigan, he had difficulties holding on to the starting position over Drew Henson. And I just thought, how does someone who couldn't <laughs> hold on to their starting position in college fall into the laps of Bill Belichick and goes on to be the greatest of all time? Ah, it must be Bill Belichick then. <laughs> and then he goes to Bruce Arias' team and leads them not just to a Super Bowl championship, but toward the end of the season, they looked invincible. And that's when I said to myself, self, it is good to see an athlete prove themselves in those conditions with all that pressure. And I had a newfound respect for Tom Brady that has carried on for the rest of the year and probably into 2022. And then the other great sports story that I just remember is just Novak Djokovic. I know a lot of people in the States may not care about men's tennis, and I understand and appreciate that. But this is someone who won the first three majors of the year and was a couple of sets away at the U.S. Open from winning all four in a single season, something that we had not seen since Rod Laver. And when I think about how difficult that is to do in the midst of a pandemic, 
don't forget that part. I can't help but be wild that this remarkable athlete that no one in the States is really paying attention to is doing something for the history books. So when I think about 2021, I think about the old timer Tom Brady being able to make me feel stupid, which <laughs> realistically is not that hard to do. But then also look at athletes like a Novak Djokovic be on the cusp of history while finding a way to avoid having his season derailed by the pandemic. And if there's one more story from this year, Will, that I look back on fondly, it's just all of the sisters who stood up for themselves in the face of all of this hostility because they said, I'm not ready right now. It's not my time right now. Or, by the way, yeah, I smoked some pot. What of it? I just kind of loved it. What about you? How will you remember 2021? I'm glad you ended with that happy thing after your first two were about those universally beloved athletes that are Tom Brady and Novak Djokovic. <laughs> Everybody loves those guys. That's a feel-good story. I didn't say this was a feel-good story, damn it. I just said it was a story. <laughs> so if you'll forgive me, I will confess my big sports moment of the year to me is actually kind of a personal one. In April, every year, my family goes to visit my father-in-law in Florida over the kids' spring break. And it happened to be that my beloved St. Louis Cardinals went to go play the Miami Marlins. I had my first shot. I think it was a week out from my second vaccine shot. I'd been to a couple games during 2020, but I was in the press box. It was empty stadiums. And it was weird and scary and strange and awful. And I went with my son to this Miami Marlins St. Louis Cardinals game. We had pretty good seats. The place was still like a quarter capacity, but I went to the stands and I bought a beer and I sat in the stands and I watched a baseball game and there were people down below me who were rooting for the Marlins, people over here rooting for the Cardinals and something happened and we waved to each other. We got excited and I drank my beer and the colors were more vivid. The grass was greener. The, the, the ball popped off the mid ladder. You and I have been watching sports our entire lives. We've been going to games. I don't know how old you were when you went to your first game, but I was a very, very small kid. I'm sure it's probably somewhat similar to you. And you take it for granted. You can't help but take it for granted. You go to games all the time. You get annoyed by the long concession lines. You get annoyed by that guy's underperforming his contract. Or that umpire made a terrible call. And it was really the first time in two years that I had been to a real sporting event the way you're supposed to go to a sporting event. And it was wonderful. Cardinals won, but it was a dull regular season baseball game. And it was glorious. You know, 2021 was a lot of things, many of them not good. But also, we got to do for the first time a lot of things that had been deprived from us in 2020. I will always remember what it felt like that first time when we were in the depths of 2020, when we were in our homes and thinking, wow, am I ever going to be able to see a concert again? Am I ever going to be able to go to a game again? Am I ever going to see my best friend that lives across the country again? I always thought I am going to appreciate so much that first game that I go to, that first one, and then the beer is going to be great, and I'm going to cheer, and it's going to be awesome. And I really felt like I was soaking it in, in a way that I frankly, I think most of us have already lost a little. I think we appreciate a little more, but we're already back to booing the umpire and already back to being <laughs> irritated by things. But I always remember that first game because that was the one I was looking forward to so much, and it absolutely paid off. If the Cardinals would have lost, would I have felt differently? Probably. I'd probably hate sports forever. Now. Yes, you would have. You know why? <laughs> I would tell you why. The last baseball game I went to mm -hmm. was game four, the NLCS, and my Dodgers got blown out. So when you ask me things I want to remember, <laughs> yes, I was drinking beer like normal. I didn't have a mask. I had my Dodgers gear on, but I didn't want to remember that game because we fucking <laughs> lost. So yes, so Will, you will feel differently about it had you lost.
you weren't soaking in that experience being like, no. oh, welcome back. I was like, I'm oh, I'm back. back in po- when I got there, I was like, oh, I'm back in postseason baseball again. This is fantastic. Yeah. By the seventh inning, I was like, fuck this shit. This, <laughs> yeah. is, this, is, but this is the greatness of sports, right? You eventually water finds its level. And I think that is kind of the story really of 2021. We'll get into this more later. But I think the, one of the big stories of 2021 is getting things back and then not appreciating them again, just like we all said that we were going to appreciate them. I'm already like, do I want to go meet that friend? Nah, it's pretty late. We're already catching ourselves doing that. Really, April, May, and June, I thought were terrific, terrific months, just because it really felt like we were kind of going to get out of this. And it felt like we were all vaccinated. We could go do the things we not had a chance to do. They really were glorious times. And then Delta came, and then Trump came yeah. back, and it all kind of went downhill from there. But That game, I will always appreciate it. Drinking a beer and occasionally remembering that my son was there. All right, well, let's get into our first big story, which is the way COVID has changed sports permanently. Now, here's Judge. Man, the breaking ball is hit in the air to deep left. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. Unfortunately, that was a replay of the home run, but it was a good replay. Hmm. Hey, I'm sorry. It's on the monitor. What what, what was I supposed to do? This is a great way to do a game, isn't it? Yep. Yep. That is hard to listen to. I'm sorry. I I love John Sterling. I'm pro John Sterling. I love him as a broadcaster. But boy, is that hard to listen to. That was, of course, New York Yankees broadcaster John Sterling mistakenly thinking Aaron Judge had belted a home run during a July game in Seattle. Sterling was confused because he was not in Seattle. Instead, he was announcing remotely and didn't realize producers were actually showing a replay of a homer Judge had hit earlier. In 2020, for safety reasons, because of COVID, announcers did not travel to road games. However, this practice is still being continued by many networks, but now more as a cost-saving measure, despite it hurting the quality of the broadcast. LZ... Even though sports leagues have apparently decided they're done with the pandemic and the playing field anyway, or going on regardless, it's clear that the coronavirus has brought changes to the games we love. I think it's worth identifying what these are, both good and bad, because it sure looks like some of these shifts are here to stay. What do you think, sir, COVID's biggest impact on sports will be for the long haul? Excellent question, my friend. And I think the number one impact will be access to athletes. Let's go back in time, shall we? Do we see the MAGA hat in Tom Brady's locker if there aren't any athletes in the locker room? Probably not, right? Do we see the PEDs in Mark McGuire's locker? What was it? Deer antler spray or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think it was deer antler spray. I think it was, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly raccoon what it was. Raccoon urine or whatever he was using. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope I mean, it was raccoon urine. Whatever he had in yeah. the locker, we would not have seen it yeah. had there not been that sort of access. So I know that a lot of sports fans, and I've seen tons of responses on Twitter where people are like, going, well, who cares if the media is there? Blah, 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 blah. Because they have this dislike of the media. And some of it's well-earned. I'm not going to yeah. front and say that it. it's not a two-way street. It is, right. though some highways have four lanes, and I think ours only have two. <laughs> it's okay. The fact of the matter is, is that there's this attitude. That's kind of anti-media. And so when athletes were able to say, no, you can't come in here, COVID, that right away felt like a permanent no to me, Well, because they didn't like us there in the first place. But 
if you don't have us in the locker rooms, it's a lot easier for organizations to hide things. It's much more difficult for us to be able to report. And if you care about steroids, and I'm assuming because Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Sammy Sosa were all vilified by baseball fans, just note that you wouldn't have had that information had there not been reporters in the locker room. In addition to the fact that you're able to find out how a team's chemistry is really working out because only by being in the locker room can we talk to the 12th man and whisper in his ear, so what's really going on? And that 12th man would tell you because they don't think they're important enough to be quoted. There are so many aspects to reporters being in locker rooms that are beneficial to fans that only those of us who are in the weeds, those of us who have done this for a living, can really appreciate just how much COVID has been able to cripple sports journalism and journalism in general, and thus our ability to really paint the entire picture that you've grown to love over these many, many decades. Yeah, I, I don't want to turn this into like pointers hour of very important journalism done by very important people. But one thing that's been specific and clear about really all of the sports throughout the pandemic is every league's done their own thing. The NFL's had its own rules. The NBA's has its rules. Baseball, NHL, WNBA, everyone's, they've all had their own sort of things. They've all come together and put out a joint statement <laughs> on one thing, literally one thing, which is yep. all the leagues are together saying that reporters are no longer going to be allowed in the locker room. They did it before March 11th. That was like, bam, right. right at the beginning. That's what led to the Rudy Gobert touching all the microphone things in the first place, right? He was actually saying that he did not like these new rules because he's generally been a reporter-friendly presence. He yeah, was actually showing support for the reporters. Yeah, of course. They love the free press and the <laughs> revolutionary. I'm sorry to Pierre, our producer, that I did that. <laughs> anyway, the point is he was actually showing support for the reporters for saying he didn't think these rules were fair. It turned out that was a mistake because he got COVID 48 hours later and everyone has this picture right. of him touching all the microphones. But more to the point, that was the one thing that the leagues banded together on to say, you know what? We don't know what's going to happen with this pandemic, but there's one thing we know that will keep our athletes safe, and that's keep reporters out of the locker room. That's frustrating. I also understand that the average person listening, seeing a reporter complaining about losing access on Twitter is that like, well, you get in free to the games. You get all this stuff that I don't get. Why are you so upset about? Listen, on a certain level, everybody hates when media people complain about something. And I totally understand. But that is absolutely key of what you're talking about. We are losing things. And the example I've said this before in this podcast, my beloved St. Louis Cardinals, one of the signature franchises in baseball, they fired their manager this year. And still nobody knows why. You couldn't go and go to a player and be like, okay, so what was it about? That had to have been some sort of thing. Or sneaking with this executive. The lack of reporters in that locker room. And listen, St. Louis has really good reporters. I'm not saying that those men and women aren't doing their jobs. It's just they can't find out actual stories as big as, hey, the manager of the team got fired. Why? We would obviously know that in an age where we had access to that. And I think it's a mistake by teams to do this. Now, everybody has their own theory. What happened with that manager? Was it this? I heard it was this. Oh, was he this? Oh, I, I might have been this. I heard there was a problem with this guy. Nobody knows. Nature abhors a vacuum, right? People just make up shit. It's the internet. People just make up shit. Yep. And we're not actually finding real stories. And so I agree. Obviously, there's bigger changes than just 
journalism and COVID. But I do think it's a huge thing for fans. They're missing out on so much. Listen, right. it hurts me less than it hurts a beat reporter, but it hurts me as a fan because I'm just not learning stuff. We're not learning these basic things about sports, which by the way, we're all giving our money to. And they're using that lack of access, lack of reporters in there. And I think also steering into the skid of the idea that people don't like the media right now. They've never liked it, but they really don't like the media right now. And I think that Sterling call that we just talked about there is another great example of it. I think fans palpably can tell that the broadcasts are worse. The broadcasters are frustrated. They're even using cheap crews. There's an ESPN college football crew that doesn't even shoot in HD because it's cheaper, (laughs) which is crazy. And I think fans see it, but they also hate it when broadcasters complain about it. They hate that kind of idea. Like, why do you have to be there? That's the worrisome part about COVID, not just in sports, but really in all things, is a lot of big corporations and big organizations are using COVID as an excuse to cut costs, to make their product a little bit worse. What's the old broadcast news idea? What the devil would do? He would not just show up dressed as Satan. He would just slowly make things a little bit worse and standards a little bit less and a little bit less until suddenly you don't even remember what good things look like anymore. COVID is given an excuse, again, not just the sports world for a lot of big corporations and a lot of powerful actors who, by the way, are all like three times richer than they were when the pandemic started. I feel obliged to point out how that worked out for them to slowly cut costs and benefit themselves in the name of safety or the name of, oh, there's a worker shortage or whatever the things they always do. I think you've seen that a lot. And I think you've seen it a ton in sports too. By the way, I agree 1000% with you. And I will also add that COVID has robbed us of being able to say goodbye to certain athletes because we weren't there. And I'm thinking very specifically about easily the greatest tennis team in the history of the sport, the Bryan brothers. They didn't get a chance to say goodbye to their fans. COVID kept fans out of the stadiums. And so their last season was basically played without any sort of tour, which was disappointing and really awful. We're not quite sure if we're going to be able to say goodbye to Roger Federer, who has been out with injuries, is not participating in the Australian Open. This is someone that was considered the greatest tennis players of all time. And if this pandemic ends up canceling tournaments going into 2022, there's a good chance he's going to retire and there's going to be an empty stadium and we're not going to be able to say goodbye. So... I think about the goodbyes and the hellos that we didn't get a chance to have in sports. And also think about some of these old timers, some of these legends who are still chasing records, but had games canceled. That hurts their ability to score points. If you're LeBron James, you're trying to overtake Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That hurts Serena Williams. If you're trying to overtake Margaret Court for the all-time winner in Grand Slams. These opportunities, COVID is taking away bit by bit by bit and shapes the way that we look back at this time period. And then, of course, there's the asterisks, right? There may not be real asterisks, Will, (laughs) but there's always those haters out there that'll say, yeah, but you won that in the bubble. Or they may say, yeah, you won that, but the NBA had 500 different players that season. And so was that really a championship or was that a COVID championship, right? When you think about college football, particularly during this season where some teams are just playing five games, (laughs) how the hell do you rank this team in history when you're not even quite sure you can agree upon that we're all going to play this number of games and then determine which record we have? All of that went out the window. 
And I'm not quite sure if we're not done with this calculus going forward. What if it's the college football championship and the starting QB has to sit out for COVID? What if a team has to forfeit? Can you imagine the debates we'll have about that forever? Exactly. Look at the Brooklyn Nets. How good would they have been if Kyrie was actually playing? We don't really know. The fact of the matter is, if you know that there have been teams that have lost nine games, 10 games in a season, and someone of Kyrie's caliber is unavailable to a team that is talented as the Brooklyn Nets, why couldn't they have gone 72 and 10? Why couldn't they have broken Golden State Warriors record if they were all together? But because of COVID, that won't be the case. And so I think about so many ways that in a pandemic has not only impacted the way that we cover the sports, but actually how the sports is played. And then also how we remember this time period. There's a certain sadness to it, this sort of melancholy feeling about this time period when I think about baseball in particular. But at the end of the day, there's also an applause. Because if you want a championship during this time period, I think you should get an extra congratulations <laughs> because you made it. It's funny you should mention Kyrie Irving, actually, in that discussion, because I think that's another thing that we've kind of learned about COVID is we've learned a lot of things about people we might not have known otherwise. Like, you know, oh, there's the mom of one of my kids' friends who doesn't wear a mask in school and has a <laughs> AK-47 say, go ahead and try to make me comply on the shirt. That's information. <laughs> I didn't, didn't know Cindy was like that. There's disinfo in the carpool. <laughs> I have to say, talk about someone who's had a year where people are looking at him a lot differently at the end of the year than they were at the beginning. Aaron Rodgers would be a great example of this. Kyrie Irving would be someone, Bradley Beal, like Cole Beasley. Rodgers is clearly the biggest one because it's not like he's lost his sponsorships. It turns out he's not actually been canceled. I know, I know. I thought he was totally going to be canceled. By the way, has anything actually been canceled? No, no. I think a couple of ALF spinoffs got canceled back (laughs) in the day. But other than that, I think that was it. I would say, though, that now I can't go back and unlearn what we know about Aaron Rodgers now. And it's you not talking just, about the big toe when he put his big toe in the camera? You talking yeah, about that I part? I can't unsee that. That's for sure. <laughs> I watched Aaron Rodgers play last week against Cleveland. He was really good. They probably did not deserve to win that game. He's an incredible quarterback. He might be the MVP this year. He is I, the MVP this year. How can you look at Aaron Rodgers now and have not little part of your brain hearing him being like, oh, Fauci, he's doubled down on stuff now. Yeah, It's not like he's backed off. He's gone full ivermectin and horse tranquilizer and all the other things they're doing. Like the and, and raccoon are, urine. Don't forget the yeah, raccoon, raccoon urine. Let's not forget yes. the raccoon urine. We know that now. In the same way that I know that about the mom at the kid's school, this has been the other part of athlete empowerment, right? It's been great in so many ways. But now... Sometimes athletes show us their asses. And I feel like Aaron Rodgers has shown us his ass. And now we know something about him that maybe he might have been protected by before COVID. And the way that we've seen in our lives and in our families and in our friends and in our world, I don't think COVID has changed people as much as brought out more vividly who they may have been all along. I think we've seen it in the way that leagues have kept games going. There's been a certain bottom line cutthroatism, which I understand and I see why they did it. But also sports cannot pretend that they're not anything other than television inventory anymore. That's why they put the seasons together. That's why they push through the games. Their finances are all television. They can't pretend that anymore. We learned that from COVID. That's a key thing that we have when we think about 2021 is the things that we've learned about people that may have been disguised in the past, but had to come out to the forefront once COVID. COVID hit. 
And and since we're highlighting athletes that have risen above the noise during this time period, I also want to acknowledge Carl Anthony Towns, who mm-hmm. has lost mm-hmm. more than I think many of us even can fully appreciate because of this pandemic. And instead of blocking away media or keeping these stories personal, he's taking his losses, he's taking his pain and using his platform to help spread the word about how serious this pandemic still is, the importance of not only being fully vaccinated, but being boosted, and then also not being afraid to challenge fellow athletes who may say things that are misinformed or downright nefarious. To only make this video so that people understand that the severity of this disease is, is real. This disease needs to not be taken lightly. Please protect your families, your your your, your loved ones, your, your friends, yourself. Practice social distancing. Please don't be in places with a lot of people. Just hide your chances of getting this disease. And this disease is not. It's deadly. It's deadly. And um, we're gonna keep fighting on my side. My me and my family are gonna keep fighting this. We're gonna beat it. We're gonna win. Um, I hope my story helps. I hope my my story gives you. Um, the correct information, you know. Send so my love to all your families. Um, praying for every single one of you guys. Keep everyone in my thoughts and my prayers. So yeah, Aaron Rodgers takes a hit, but in my eyes, Big Cat's been elevated because he's taken this opportunity to not shine a light on himself and his own pain, but instead use his pain to help others prevent from getting themselves in the same situation. That's an awesome point that is not mentioned nearly as much as Aaron Rodgers is. All right, Will, let's move on to our next big topic, which is how major non-COVID events of 2021 will impact sports in 2022. Before we get started, you know, um, we definitely want to speak to some of the things that's been going on in our society. Uh, it reminds me of what Dr. Martin Luther King has said, that there is two split different Americas. In one America, you get to you get killed by sleeping in your car, selling cigarettes, or playing in your backyard. And in another America, you get to storm the Capitol, and no tear gas, no massive arrests, no <clears throat> none of that. So I think it's obvious. It's 2021. I don't think anything has changed. Um, we want to still acknowledge that. We want to still push for the change that we look for. Um, but as of yet, we have not seen it. Um, we want to continue to keep conversations alive and do our part. That was the Boston Celtics' Jalen Brown, making his feelings known about the assault on the Capitol last January 6th, just one of the monumental non-COVID stories of 2021 that will continue to influence our lives in 2022. Now, there's no doubt that the insurrection and concerns about voting rights, police brutality, and institutional racism will still be resonating in the upcoming year. And the way that athletes, teams, and leagues will respond to them is going to be fascinating. So, Will, which 2021 stories do you think will carry over into 2022 and not only continue to dominate the news cycle, but have consequences for sports as well? Remember when Major League Baseball moved its All-Star game? Yep. And when they moved that All-Star game, I wrote for New York Magazine, I think my headline was Major League Baseball has not gone woke. (laughs) And basically (laughs) the argument was not that suddenly baseball was fighting for voting rights, but they realized that having the All-Star game in Georgia, not Atlanta, but Georgia was going to be too much of a distraction for them to have the focus on the game and the players they wanted. They realized that every single player was going to be asked 
are you going to go to Georgia? What do you think about the law? They realized that was going to happen. So they made the decision to move it to Colorado, which by the way, has almost just as restrictive voting rights as Georgia (laughs) did, but it was not in the headlines at the time. I'm curious your thoughts on this. Let's say the All-Star Game was in Georgia next year. I don't think baseball would make that decision now because I think there has been a conscious decision by leagues, not players, after all these years of sports becoming political, where the NFL, above all things, became massively political in ways that they could not control. They don't want that smoke. They don't want any part of this anymore. And I think that is going to be a major conflict in 2022 because I think a lot of Americans in 2021, after... 2020 is insane politics time. I think your average American was like, I gave so much politics in 2020. I'll be back in 2022, but I need to chill out a little bit in 2021. And I think we've seen people take advantage of that. We've seen legislatures take advantage of that. And I think that leagues wanted to take that time off. But we've got a huge, huge year coming in 2022. There's going to be more of a conflict between athletes wanting to be more politically active and their leagues not wanting them to. Whereas in 2020, I think leagues found it beneficial to at least make it look like they want to be politically active. I think you're going to see that conflict in that battle more. I want to start with the baseball game and the All-Star game, because you're right. It was moved to Colorado. But you know what part of this story was underreported? That in Colorado, in Denver, that same weekend, a housekeeper discovered a hotel room filled with guns and ammo. Mm-hmm. And that had that housekeeper not alerted authorities about all of the guns and ammo that was found in a hotel room near the stadium where the All-Star game were to be played, that this story may be very different for other reasons as well. Why do I bring up gun violence in this conversation? Because in this country, we have more guns than people. I repeat, in this country, we have more guns than people. And to your point, the tension within this country is only going to increase So while sports may want to distance themselves from this political intersection, while sports and athletes may want to just focus on the games themselves, they're not going to have that luxury. That luxury left the day George Floyd died. Because, oh, by the way, in a similar situation, there was a hotel room in Chicago during a holiday weekend. And there were guns and ammo in a hotel room that faced a Navy Pier, which is a very popular tourist area. And if a housekeeper had not pointed that out, that story may be very different. And I do not believe in a country that just saw an insurrection at the Capitol can discount the role of gun violence as we continue to talk about political tensions, as we continue to talk about the possibility of the midterms or a January 6th anniversary or some other tragic event being linked to gun violence. And sports is not going to be distanced from that. Remember, Will, wasn't there an individual that was shot during a baseball game? Yeah, and watch the Nationals game this year. <laughs> Remember that there was like, a video of the players running off the field? You yes. saw players running to get their families out? That was not inside the same, but it was right no, outside it. it but they could right hear outside it. it. Yeah, yes. absolutely they could. Yep. We ask you to please remain off the field. There is no reason to go on the field at this time. I think we're beyond the point of asking ourselves whether or not sports leagues can do things like move games to make political statements, but about how this entire mix 
this cesspool, if you will, of Trump's big lie, longstanding, immovable institutional racism, partisanship, and misinformation are all colliding together. And I'm sorry, sports. You may want to not have to deal with this in 2022, but it's touching every single aspect of American life. And so when I think about what story is going to carry over from 2021 into the new year, I see a through line from the day that George Floyd died all the way through 2022 and beyond, because that murder unleashed so much, even more than the election of President Obama, even more than the election of President Trump, seeing a police officer murder an unarmed black man in broad daylight in a major U.S. city in 2020 fundamentally changed everything. And sides are being taken, which is why critical race theory and the 1619 Project have been under attack, which is why you're seeing school boards facing hostility and parents showing up with guns and T-shirts bearing guns with slogans glorifying violence. And sports think it has the luxury of ducking any of this because it chooses just to focus in on the game. Any commissioner who's not factoring in the rising tensions of this nation as they go forward in their decision making in a new year is a commissioner that needs to be replaced because that's a commissioner that may be blindsided by a tragedy. I don't wish it. I'm not saying that I'm hoping for it because I certainly do not. But we had a fucking insurrection that interrupted the peaceful transfer of power. And we're still trying to figure out who was involved in the orchestration of this insurrection. So why would we think that sports can just sidestep this <laughs> with all of this going on, Will? Their heads are in the sand if they think they can spend 2022 being apolitical. So last week, I was watching Face the Nation on CBS, and David Martin, who's their defense correspondent, he was asked, what do military generals think is the greatest threat to American security? Does it come from outside or does it come within? And he said, overwhelmingly, they all say within. Now, they just moved on, of course, to the segment <laughs> when that happened. But yeah, if you're worried about threats, that's where they're coming from. I'm so glad you brought up that thing in Colorado because sports feels like it has danced between the raindrops to be mm -hmm. able to avoid an event like that. So when you put those things together of all of our security experts saying the threats are from within, not without, sports being something that for better and for worse is generally shared by both people that are at each other's throats, both sides. They're going to games in Oklahoma and they're going to games in San Francisco. And these are wide-scale, well-attended, high-profile events. It does feel like a matter of time. Like 2021, it started with the insurrection. We're still trying to figure out everything about it. And sports has tried to hide from it a little bit. But the tension did not get turned down. No. The spigot did not get turned off. And we are about to have a big, massive election. It's not a presidential election, but it's going to be the center of everything. And again, the fact that voting rights are such the center of this, the fact that Georgia 
is going to be at the center of so much of the discussion during the election next year. It it feels like a matter of time. <laughs> I'm sad to say it is a hard thing to wrap your mind around, but I think it speaks to the illusion that not just sports executives, but I think sports fans have to. We still pretend that it can be, if you'll forgive the phrase, a safe space where you right. can go and, and forget. And again, I've always understood that. The last thing I want to think about when I'm watching a game is Donald fucking Trump. Or Joe like, Biden, to be quite honest yeah, with you. Exactly. I'm not talking about any of it. Totally, totally, totally. It's the last thing I want to think about. Listen, a large part of the premise of this show is the idea that you cannot separate the world of politics and the world of sports. You can't. Forget the anthem, what public transit you took to the game, or how you bought your tickets, or how the players are getting paid, or what the labor situation is. Everything is political. But I understand the idea, and I understand why people try to do it, because I try to do it. But it is increasingly unsustainable in the same way that every part of American life where you try to hide from politics is increasingly unsustainable. And I wish it were not like that, <laughs> to be honest. I wish it weren't. I love living in that fantasy land. While I intellectually know it's not real, part of the appeal of sports, part of the appeal of entertainment, of diversion, is to get time away from all of that. And I think sports plays on that. I think leagues has played on that. I think executives have played off that. Getting back to normal. Sports has been at the center of the pandemic and the center of everything has been the idea, get back to normal. Make change through sports. And I think you can do all of those things. I don't mean to mock them, but certainly there has been this notion that you still got an escape from the really hard stuff from that in sports. And it feels like an illusion. Boy, it feels like a scary thing to even say, but it feels like that illusion is leading up to a point that it is shattered in a pretty dramatic way. It's such a poor illusion too. And I say that because our houses of worship has been the place of mass shootings obviously our schools, our shopping malls, concert events. If you remember the country concert mm -hmm. festival in Las Vegas a couple of years ago. So again, this isn't anything that anyone is rooting for. My plea is that we grow the fuck up and start acting as if this is also a target that we need to prepare for or further protect or find some ways in which we can ratchet up the security for. Because the insurrection to me, to see the Capitol Police be overrun, to see the flag of treason flown in that building, and to see members of Congress try to stop investigation as to how all of this came about, is not a settling feeling for me. <laughs> And it shouldn't be a settling feeling for any American who truly believes in democracy, who call themselves a constitutionalist, who believes that this is the greatest country on the planet. If you believe any of those things, then you will want to get to the bottom of what happened on January 6th. Because going to a sporting event is not going to give you any safe harbor. It just isn't. Not in 2022. So that to me, when I think about the stories that bleed over, and I don't mean to use the word bleed, nice. but it seems apropos in this conversation. Mm -hmm. That's the main one. What happened on January 6th and what that revealed about this nation? Sports can't protect us from that. And if there are commissioners who think that it can, that commissioner is not doing a very good job to protect the sports, the athletes, or the people that support it. 
And the worst part about this is if, God forbid, something is to happen, if I've learned anything from the reaction to January 6th or the reaction to Sandy Hook, they'll find a way to rationalize that too. Yep. <laughs> they'll find a way to say it's a lone actor, it was a mistake. Man, boy, this is... I am actually more optimistic for 2022 than this conversation will make it sound. <laughs> but yeah, when you take a step back from it, I can't phrase it any better. It feels like we've danced between the raindrops with the number of people that get together for these things and the cross section of people that sports touches. It feels like a matter of time. And frankly, listen, there are people in the world of sports, high profile people in the world of sports who I think think the election was stolen. (laughs) And like they're there, they are on the field, they have microphones. They are there. And so the questions that the country is dealing with or trying to pretend that will be dealt with somehow, right? We're America. That's not going to happen. I know people (laughs) who believe that if you are worried about this, you are overreacting or you're being a Cassandra and and that we've made it this far. It's going to be fine. And I don't see how January 6th could make you feel any better about that. Even more to the point, I don't see how you can see the number of people who are still in power in politics and otherwise who next time will try to make it a bloodless January 6th if they can. And they're still out there and they're still trying to make things happen. And sports is not going to be able to hide from it much longer. So great. Great. That really got dark. I'm sorry. <laughs> As they said in Don't Look Up, my friend. Um, <laughs> they said the media uh, cannot spend all of its time trying to figure out how to make bad news sound happy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I agree with that. I agree with that. Whew. Okay, LZ. After that uplifting little segment, let's take a quick break. And when we return, we're going to talk about the sports events that we are most excited about in 2022 and maybe even make a few predictions as well. And they'll be happy predictions, I promise. Okay, not all of them, but some of them. The Long Game with LZ and Leach. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, my friend Will, we're back. His numbers are incredible. He's about to pass the all-time passing record. He's done more than any other player at that position uh, in whatever measurement you want to take, whether it's yards, completions, touchdowns, championships, 
uh, you know, you name it. So put anything out there you want. Like, I don't get any tougher than him. That was New England's Bill Belichick showing mad respect for his former quarterback, Tampa Bay's Tom Brady, right before Brady's Bucks beat Belichick's Patriots in a regular season contest earlier this year. As the NFL season heads towards the playoffs, a lot of football fans and members of the media would love to see a rematch of the greatest player and the greatest coach of all time in the Super Bowl. Just one of the many big games that we could be watching in 2022. Well, my boy... Let's take a moment to dream about next year and even offer listeners a few predictions about what's going to happen. So you go ahead and start us off. Which major sport events are you going to be wrong about in 2022? And I can tease you about it later. (laughs) We're not taping these shows, are we, right? Like, no one can come back later and say, I've got something wrong. First off, the NFL, who knows what's going to happen in the playoffs and all sorts of strange things can happen. The sport event I'm looking forward to the most, it's a World Cup year. And the World Cup is something I've never I've never been to in person, but I cannot wait. The U.S. will be, well, it looks like they're going to be able to make it. The United States USA, will. USA. I believe that we will win, right? The cheer that is weirdly dorky, yet I kind of love it. It started from the Naval Academy. And I feel like it somehow made it a little bit more formal. Anyway, the U.S. team is going to be back. I would argue this is the most exciting U.S. men's national team we've had in a long time. They're young, they're fun, and they're going to be back. Listen, the World Cup is happening in November this year because it's in Qatar and it's 4,000 degrees in Qatar in the summer. So they've moved it to November, which is probably not going to help American sports fans enjoy it very much because it will be, of course, the same time as football. It will, however, be after the midterm elections. And I don't know how that's going to go. If there still is in America then? Yeah, I might want to get lost in international sports around that time and cheer for at least the ideal of what I imagined America was. One of the things I love about the U.S. men's national soccer team that's different than the U.S. women's team because the U.S. women's team is, you know, really good. (laughs) Rooting for them is like rooting for the Olympic basketball teams. They're really good. They're probably going to win. They're likable and they're fun, but they're also the favorites. The thing I enjoy about cheering for the U.S. men's national team is... They are essentially the illusion that America tells themselves they are. Americans always believe they're the underdogs. They always believe they're the scrappy team. We're the people that went through grit and moxie. We're Charlie Hustle. And we'll go out and win in that way, even though we're actually the empire that stomps on all of the people and all of the underdogs. The U.S. men's national team actually is that. They actually are an underdog. They're a growth stock. They're clearly getting better and better and better. It's like cheering for the Cubs in 2014 when you can see that they're building up towards something, but you don't hate them yet. So that is my hope. I cannot wait for the World Cup. I've been looking forward to it ever since they did not qualify for the last one, which is one of the most embarrassing things I've ever had as an American sports fan. I'm trying to talk the long game producers into sending me. Who doesn't want to see Qatar in November, right? That's not going. Not yet, but you know, it's we got 11 months to get there. But I can't wait for the World Cup. Any World Cup year to me, the World Cup is going to be the biggest sporting event of that year. It's definitely going to be the biggest sporting event, but as far as storylines concerned, I'm going right back to the Super Bowl where this whole thing jumped off. Belichick versus Brady would be huge, man. Huge. For all the reasons why we love sports, because there's a chess match happening, both physically, obviously with the game plan, but also mentally. They know each other so well. They know their tendencies so well. The idea that this kid, Mac Jones, may come in and be the new Brady will only invigorate the legend that is Bill Belichick, (laughs) right? And then on the flip side, if he goes and beats Bill Belichick, that's even better. 
than winning a championship right out the gate with his new team. Not only did I win out the gate with my new team, I beat my own team to prove once and for all it wasn't the system. It was always me. I love that storyline. But you know which storyline I love a little bit more mm-hmm. as it pertains to the Super Bowl? The idea that Matt Stafford, after all those years in Detroit, may leave the Detroit Lions and immediately win a Super Bowl. <laughs> like, there is nothing. <laughs> there oh, be that's, nothing that's so more, mean. More hilarious to me, more of an indictment of a franchise uh, to have your starting quarterback spend all that time, blood, sweat, broken bones, etc., collapse long, leaves Detroit, goes to L.A., and instantly becomes a winner. That would be hilarious to me. Oh, man. Detroit Lions fans, their ex immediately marries the hottest person. And everyone, like, like yeah, that, that, the yeah. hottest, richest, just like. Oh. And smart and funny, and everybody loves them. And exactly. everybody, and they're like, wow, man, you've never looked uglier. There's also an Olympics this year. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that. We'll see if they have fans. There's a lot of travel. One of the things that generally happens with the Olympics. We saw this in Russia. We saw this in China. We saw this last year in Tokyo. Heading into the Olympics, everyone says, oh, this is going to be a disaster. They'll never pull this off. Why are we doing this Olympics? It's so terrible. They never work. They're never going to make it. And then they happen and we all watch them and it's fine. (laughs) And I think that's generally probably what's going to happen this year. Obviously, them being in China is going to be a factor in that the soft boycott that the United States are doing. I'm going to bet a soft boycott is not noticed by anyone. Certainly not stateside. Yeah, like, oh, Jill Biden isn't there. Why? Why are we even having these games? Like, I don't think that like anyone will notice that. I went to the Winter Olympics in Sochi. I find the Winter Olympics more fun to watch from afar than necessarily to watch in person. It's the just impossible. Part, huh? I mean, do you know how possible it is to write about ski jumping? You are just like in a box and occasionally someone will go, whee! And then you don't know how far they went or whether they were good at what they did. They just did it. So I feel like- Did uh, they really say the, we? I, I don't know. I'm In so every far language? Away. I know that I would. It's we. <laughs> it's French, obviously. They're saying yes. No, 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 no. <laughs> but the point is, it's the Olympic year. The Olympics always feel like they're teetering on the edge of disaster and they always kind of pull it off every year. I am not looking forward to the Olympics, which is probably why I don't care that there was happening. And the fact that I just said, oh, my God, they are happening. Let's you know just how much. <laughs> In like a radar. couple of months. <laughs> like couple... right around the corner. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> There's some NBA stuff that I'm intrigued by. Yeah. My Lakers are currently a disaster. However, I do know LeBron and I do know Rob Plinka and I do know their penchant for making changes throughout the season. And so I'm looking forward to see what changes they're going to be making. But I think this is a year in which LeBron James challenges again for the scoring title. And you can quote me on that. If he were to challenge for the scoring title, he would find himself back into the MVP conversation that he was in early part of last year before he suffered the ankle injury. And I also think this is a year in which... All of the player movement that has defined much of the NBA since the decision will begin to slow down because lost in the conversation about the decision and the big three in Miami is the fact that winning a championship is still hard. (laughs) You can't just throw talented players together and expect to happen in Boston in the first year or Miami in the second year. And I think the prime example of that, obviously, is what's happening with the Brooklyn Nets. Now, COVID and injuries have played a part in it, but does anyone think that anyone other than the Phoenix Suns or the Golden State Warriors are clear favorites? And those are two franchises that opted not to do what the Brooklyn Nets have done, right? 
they're using their homegrown young players, undeveloped players, taking their lumps, developing them. And now they look like two of the best teams in the league. So I think we may see a reversal of that trend now, especially also when you start noticing the fact that some of these guys who think they're forming big threes are really just medium-sized threes masquerading as big threes. Was that, did Derek Rose do that when he went to the Knicks the first time? Or the big yes. three? And it was like, yeah, no, you're like a it's big, like, no. like one and a quarter, maybe. Like, in fact, none of you are really big, is what I really want to say. <laughs> Combined, you're one right. and a quarter. Right, you're all mediums. But you allow the media, and that's us, to okay. call you a big three, and thus you bought into it. One of the things that's been disturbing as a Lakers fan is realizing that we only have a big one. LeBron, who's going to be 37 soon. (laughs) The AD, Anthony Davis, is talented. The Russell Westbrook is talented. But when you think about how the big three conversation started with Boston and then backed up again by Miami, that's not what they have in Los Angeles. We don't have a That's what they have in Brooklyn. (laughs) That's not what they have in Brooklyn. Right. Right? Kyrie Irving literally has never led a team to anything. (laughs) He's talented. His ball handles are ridiculous, but that brother hadn't mm-hmm. led a team to anything, yeah. ever. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, he's considered part of a big three? <laughs> the talented three? Yeah. Knock yourself out. The interesting three? Sure. Need some branding work. I got to work with that title a little <laughs> yeah, bit. But... No, no it's, it's, it's electrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but a big three? three? Come on. I can see the pendulum swinging back. And after this year's playoff run, I think you're going to see a lot less named player movement because they're all realizing that doesn't mean guaranteed success. Another thing I'm looking forward to in 2022, baseball. Please let there be baseball. You think they're going to start? Please let there be baseball. I just implore baseball to start. They haven't even met, so they need to like meet at some point. Uh, the goal is if they get to like early February and they're not really close, then maybe you can be a little worried. We can talk about sports. We can complain about sports. We can grouse about sports. We can rejoice in sports. We do, however, require sports to happen. So please, baseball, happen. My prediction for 2022 is every minute that there's not baseball happening, I will be begging them to make baseball happen. I Does Kershaw come back to the Dodgers? I think so. They could have forced a contract decision on him, and they didn't. And I think that speaks to probably the goodwill of the franchise that unless he's seriously hurt, just going to sit out a whole year, I bet he comes back. And where do you think Freeman ends up? Atlanta. He's got to be in Atlanta, right? It's, it's, I, I, it feels, I don't know. It, he doesn't owe just, them anything. I know. I'm not blaming him. It's hard to think of a more discouraging thing, particularly in the wake of a potential labor dispute of an ownership group having the one guy that's been there the entire time and underpaid the entire time. If the Braves don't do it, that's bad. But yes, more to the point, baseball, happen. Please happen. And also, Illinois fighting Illini, Kofi Coburn, we're winning the tournament. Oh my gosh. It's Still, happening. I, come on, it's man. Happening. It's happening. I don't even want this on tape. Sister Jean, you <laughs> will atone. You will atone, Sister Jean. I have a question okay. for you. Yes, Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer, and Novak Djokovic are all tied into 20 majors each. How many do they end up at the end of 2022? Djokovic has two, and the other two don't have any. 
Oh, that is a bold prediction. So you think Rafa's run at the French Open is over. All right, duly noted. (laughs) Wait, again, are we taping this? (laughs) Sorry, Uh, let me try that again. Okay, I've got one for you. I've got one for you then. Okay. Who is going to win the Super Bowl? We should do this. This It's the biggest sporting event. We need to be on the record on this. Who wins the Super Bowl? Who wins the Super Bowl? My heart says the Rams. My heart says the Cardinals. Who do you actually think is going to do it? Well, since you're barely making the playoffs and we're about to win a division, I think mm-hmm. my heart's a little bit stronger than yours. Mm-hmm. No shade. All right, maybe a little shade. Little shade. No, I think the Rams have a legitimate shot. I mean, we've already beaten Tampa, right? Green Bay, though they beat us in the head-to-head, Stafford had an awful game, but that defense from the Green Bay Packers scares no one. Like, nobody. <laughs> when I think about Dallas, I think about disappointment, where the big D yeah, stands for disappointment. Fine. Not that I don't think that Dak Prescott is not a good quarterback. He's a fine quarterback. It's just that you're asking a lot from that franchise with that collection of talent and that head coach who has a tendency to make boneheaded decisions in crunch time situations, which is a large reason why he's in Dallas, right? Because right. Aaron Rodgers got tired of his bullshit <laughs> yeah. and they ran him out. But I will say there's a dark horse. Okay. There is a dark horse, and that dark horse is San Francisco. Hmm. San Francisco is a physical team. And one of the hallmarks of championships is physicality. They're physical on both sides of the ball. They have a guy in Debo who nobody wants to tackle in the open field, if you can catch him. (laughs) And that defense hits as hard as any defense in the league. I know they don't look great right now. I think they're barely above 500, but it looks like as if they're going to be locked to get that final wild card spot. If that were to happen, look out for them. They're a lot more dangerous than I think people know. My final prediction, this season has to end with Aaron freaking Rodgers winning the Super Bowl. Just to personally upset me. And then he'll go on Rogan's show and uh, <laughs> and he'll show, it's going to be terrible. And say raccoon urine was the, was the difference. It always is. It always is. <laughs> it will be like the Duke's Mayo Bowl. At the end of the Super Bowl, he will be doused with raccoon <laughs> urine and he will convince himself that he has been healed and is immortal. Mm, sports in 2022, a lot like sports in 2021. With a funnier smell. Great. And that's our show. That's our year-end wrap-up show. Happiness and joy as always. Thanks, everyone, for listening to The Long Game with LZ and Leach. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on the Acast app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Long Game is produced by Pierre Bienname, Megan Burney, Rizel Guevara, and Marshall Isaac. Our engineer is Aaliyah Jackson. Music is by David Wilson. We will be back next Wednesday for another breakdown of the biggest sports stories of the first week of 2022, where everything will be roses and sunshine. Sure. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.